So I don't take for granted the fact that you're here this morning. We are so glad you're here. I know that there's lots to be done. Some of you guys have presents still to buy or wrap. Some of you guys have food to prepare. Um, you're having family over tonight or tomorrow, whatever it might be. And I know people are running around. I was at the grocery store earlier this morning, and I saw this old lady, and she was looking for a Christmas turkey for her family. She was looking through all the frozen turkeys. She couldn't find one that was big enough. And she said to the stock boy, did these turkeys get any bigger? And he said, no, ma'am, they're dead. And uh, so I, I, I totally understand the fact that there's a lot going on right now, and there's preparations taking place. And so I love that you're here this morning. And so a while back, as I was kind of thinking about today, and, and, you know, what do I talk about? You know, it's like, it's tricky as a pastor to try to figure out how to preach all these different Christmassy type messages. Like, what do you keep saying, you know? And so I'm like, God, give me something new or something fresh, or what do you want to say? What do you want to do? And so I'm driving in my car, because that's normally where you are when you're driving. And so I'm just praying, and I'm like, God, you know, put something on my heart here. What do you want to do here? And I just felt so clearly, no audible voice of God or anything, but I just felt in my heart so clearly that today... I'm just supposed to remind you how loved you are by God, how incredibly loved you are by God. Now, I've known that for my whole life. I've been told that anyway, right, that I'm loved by God. I went to Smithtown Christian School. I was told that. My parents told me that. I have a, a degree in ministry that is based on the fact that I'm loved by God. But I can tell you this. A few weeks ago, as I'm driving in my car and I'm thinking about this service and those thoughts hit me, I needed, not Doug Jansen, the pastor, just plain old Doug, needed that reminder. I needed to be reminded that I was loved by God. But wait, I know that. Yeah, but I needed in that moment so badly to be reminded because you know what was true of me in that moment? Although I knew theologically that I was loved by God, if I'm being honest with you, I didn't really feel all that loved by God in the moment because of just a lot going on right now. And you know what? I would guess some of you here today feel really close to God. And you feel really near God, and you feel really loved by God this morning. But I would guess there's a bunch of us in the room today that are questioning that love a little bit. And and I think we question it for different reasons. Some of us are, are questioning that love of God right now because of life's difficulties. Life is hard, no? Life is really difficult sometimes. And you know what? When we're disappointed with something that happened in life, when we're maybe sick or hurt or someone we love or care for is sick or hurt or a relationship has fallen apart or something we didn't see coming financially has happened, it becomes really easy to feel just disappointed with life's difficulties. And when we feel disappointed with life's difficulties, sometimes it feels like God doesn't love us. Sometimes we we catch ourselves looking up at the sky going, God, where are you And, and why am I feeling this way? And sometimes we even feel really bad we feel this way, don't we? Some of us are like, I don't even want to say this out loud. I don't want to say out loud that I don't feel close to God. I don't feel loved by God right now. But some of us, that is our experience right now. Now, if that's not your experience right now, I hope today prepares you for the moment when that is your experience. Because we all go through that at one point or another. And like I said, sometimes it's just because of the disappointments of the difficulties of life. But sometimes it actually has more to do with God himself. Some of us feel like we aren't loved by God right now because we feel... Like God hasn't given us the response we want or any response at all, right? We've been praying. We've been asking God, help the relationship get better. God, give me this job opportunity. God, help the loan to come through. God, help the Jets to get their act together. That's actually the one time I did hear the audible voice of God is when I asked that and he laughed. He actually, (laughs) yeah, right, Doug. And so um, through that whole scenario there. But but the, the, the struggles we have when it's like, God, either you're saying no, or it just kind of feels like you're not responding at all. It can feel like God doesn't love us in those moments. 
And there's maybe a third thought. Maybe some of you today would say, well, it's not really God's fault that I don't feel close to him. I don't feel close to him and it's my fault. Some of you are disappointed with yourselves. Disappointed with your own performance lately or maybe this last season or this last year. And you're just saying, I I feel like I know God maybe even offers me love, but I don't know that I'm worth it. Maybe he used to love me. I don't know he should anymore because of the things that I've been doing and the the way that I've been living my life. So I don't know. Today, let me just ask you, are you disappointed with God because maybe a response he has or hasn't given? Are you disappointed with the difficulty of life or are maybe disappointed with yourself? Because in those times, I think that we can really go to those dark places in our minds and begin to believe maybe God doesn't love me. It just doesn't feel right now like he does. Now, I use that word feel on purpose. Because the truth is God always loves us, but if we're honest, sometimes it just feels like he doesn't. So sitting in my car a few weeks ago, praying about this service and what I should share with you, when I just felt God put on my heart, tell them how loved they are, I felt like that was first just a message to my own heart that I needed in that moment. I just felt like God was saying to me, Doug, I want you to know how loved you are. And I so badly needed to know that and be reminded of that in a fresh way again in that moment. And I got goosebumps all over me. I might as well call them God bumps, so I give the geese the credit, right? And so I'm sitting in my car just feeling like, whew, like I needed that word in that moment. And like I said, if that's not what you need today, there's going to be a day you need that. There's going to be a day you need something you can look to and say, this is how I know God loves me. See, that's what I want to talk with you about this morning. You might say, yeah, okay, Doug, I hear you telling me that God loves me. But what is the proof? What is the ultimate proof that God loves me? Because obviously circumstances are subjective and prayers sometimes get answered the way we want and sometimes not. And as I always try to remind you, when God doesn't respond the way we want, it's always because he sees something we don't see. He knows something we don't know. He's got this zoomed out view of things we just can't see and comprehend right now. And if we saw what he saw, we would say, yes, you're doing the right thing. But it doesn't always feel that way, right? And so today, there's going to be a time in each of our hearts, maybe today, maybe in the future, maybe a year from now or or two years from now, and I just hope that you will say, okay, I know what to do right now. I know what to look to as the proof that I'm loved by God. And so let's answer that question today. How do I know? What's the proof that God actually loves me? This is so important that we talk about because you can be going through a circumstance, and if you are confident and secure that God loves you, you're going to go through that circumstance one way. You can take two people, right? One of them is confident in the love of God. The other is completely unsure of that love, and they're going to go through the same circumstance. They're going to go through it very differently. The one who is confident in the love of God is going to have a peace and a hope and a joy that the other just simply will not. And so that's what's available to us today. As we remind ourselves, maybe some of you here for the first time, about this amazing love of God. See, that's the beautiful thing here, is that some of you might say, I'm not a follower of Jesus. Am I loved? Yeah. That's the story of Christmas. That's why we're here. That's why any of us are here, is because we all started out as people who were uncertain about God, as people who didn't feel close to God, as people who weren't sure if Jesus could be trusted and even if he wanted us. And suddenly we found that, yes, Jesus can be trusted and he does love us. And I would guess you've asked that question if you're not a follower of Jesus. God, if you're even there, do you love me? Why me? You know what I've done. You know the things I've been through. You know the choices I've made. And so today, whether you're a follower of Jesus or not, we're going to really answer this question. What is the proof that God loves us? 
And we can count on this when we don't feel close to him, maybe because of life's difficulties or being disappointed in his response or being disappointed in our own performance. And so we're going to look at a couple verses here today, just a simple message. I was talking with a pastor about this message in between services, and he reminded me of a, of a story you once heard that there was this brilliant theologian who was speaking out of college, and he set up a time for some Q&A, and, and everyone knew how smart this guy was. I mean, this guy knew the Bible, he knew the scripture, he knew theology, and somebody raised their hand and said, what is the deepest theological idea you've ever comprehended? And he thought for a second, he said, Jesus loves me, this I know for the Bible tells me. So, so though today's message is real simple, it's real deep at the same time when we come around it and we live it. Because many of us know the truth of today's message. Living it is a very different thing. So today we're going to look first at, at something that John said. John was one of Jesus' best friends. And First John chapter 4, verse 9, John says this. He says, this is how God showed his love among us. In other words, if you're looking for proof to know if God loves you or not, here it is. It's like John read our mind 2,000 years ago. If you're looking for proof, I just want you to know, this is the proof. This is how God shows his love among us. He sent his one and only son into the world that we might live through him. So if you're looking for proof today, then this is how you get it. It's the fact that Jesus came for you and for me. Now, some of you might say, but Doug, I don't believe that actually happened, right? Now, I would love to talk with you because I didn't believe that actually happened for a lot of years of my life too. And I searched it out and I searched it out and eventually I came to the belief and the truth and the understanding that, wow, this actually happened. That's what the visitor's CD is for. That's what the evidence CD set is if you want to grab one of those. But I'd also love to hang out and talk with you about what I found in my journey in all that. If you're here today saying, no, I think Jesus came. I'm just struggling with this whole love thing. I'm struggling with feeling loved by him for one reason or another today. John reminds us that no matter what we're feeling, we can always come back to this truth that we can know God loves us because he sent his one and only son into the world that we might live through him. That's what we celebrate this time of year. Verse 10, this is love, not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. This is a huge verse. If you walked in the room today saying, God wouldn't want me. God couldn't love me. There's no reason I should be given the love of God. I don't deserve it. Well, the first part of this verse tells us that this is love, not that we love God. So in other words, God doesn't love me because I first loved him. God doesn't love me because I got my act together and figured things out and started doing things the right way. No, God loved me. He initiated when I didn't deserve it, and he wants to do the same for you. So if you came in today disappointed in your own, in your own performance and you think that rules you out from a relationship with Jesus, know this, this love of God, that he loved us, and that he sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. So it's not that just Jesus came, right? Christmas is about Jesus coming. But it's also got to be this huge reminder, as we sung about in that second song today, that he came, that sinners, you and me, would live, that we would die no more. That's why he came. That's why this time is so beautiful. If he just came, and he was this wonderful little baby, and he was even God in the flesh, but he never gave his life for you and me, then that does nothing for us. But he came, not just to live, but also to die in your place and my place. But we can kind of doubt this, right? We can kind of doubt God's love. A great quote by Jerry Bridges. He says, God's unfailing love for us is an objective fact affirmed over and over in the scriptures. It is true whether we believe it or not. Our doubts do not destroy God's love, nor does our faith create it. It originates in the very nature of God who is love, and it flows to us through our union with his beloved son. And so the coming of the son of God proves how much God loves you. 
So many of us in the room are like, okay, Doug, I get it. I know this. I kind of didn't really need to hear this today. Think about this, though. I think a lot of us here in this place, many of us especially who have been Christians for a while, I think many of us begin to kind of feel like, yes, Jesus loves us, and yes, he's our Savior, but he's almost annoyed about it. You know what I mean? He's almost slightly bothered by it. In other words, he looks at you and me and kind of says, you should be further along by now. Come on, what's wrong with you? How many times are you going to promise me you're not going to do this and then you go do it anyway? Come on, right? I think about um, my experiences in some restaurants. Kelly and I try to go out every Monday for a little date while the kids are at school. We both happen to have Monday off. Uh, her boss is really kind to give that to her. And so um, we, that's me. Um, so we, she works here at the church too, so it's wonderful. Um, and so we're out on our date. And um, the last few times we've gone to the same place. And, and I looked at Kelly after we had ordered, and I said to her this week, I said, I said, these are the most unfriendly people I've ever met in my life, like the people that work at this place, you know? Like I come in and... Um, I walked up to the, to the lady at the front, and I, and I said, hi, how's it going? She just looked at me. Can I take your order? I was like, no, you can't. No, I, all right, I guess you can. But, but, but then we sat, and I'm thinking, man, like, what is wrong with these people? But then have you been in Chick-fil-A yet? Have you been there? If you haven't, shame on you. First of all, you walk in, and you, am I the president of the United States or something? Like, people are smiling at me. People are, can I help you? Can I get you a, a refill? Can I, uh, who are they, someone behind me, really important? Because, uh, oh, they're looking at me. Oh, okay. Wow. What's the signal being sent by these two places? The one signal being sent is, I'm here to serve you, but I'm really annoyed about it. The other signal being sent is, I'm so glad you're here. I'm really happy you're here. I'm happy I'm here. And I just love you and I love me. And let's have a little hug. Why not, right? <laughs> I mean, that's almost what Chick-fil-A feels like, right? And I think sometimes we get that first picture of God a little bit mixed up, right? It's like, man, I I know he loves me, but I think he's just really annoyed, man. I know he loves me. He might not like me that much, though. No, the picture of God is incredible love, incredible passion, passion and love that you and I can't even fathom. And I I just want to take us to a verse in the Old Testament just to kind of round out the message here, just to convince you today. If you're feeling like God doesn't love you, or if he, he does, but he's kind of reluctant, and he's, he's kind of like annoyed a little bit, and I just want you to see how crazy in love God is with you and with me today. So Zephaniah 3, verse 17 says this, The Lord your God is with you, the mighty warrior who saves. And when it says mighty warrior here, it's not talking about some mighty warrior who's going to fight you know, political battles. No, this mighty warrior took on sin and death and hell that you and I might win. That's how he was a warrior. Then says this, he will take great delight in you. You do not have a God who's annoyed with you. You do not have a God who kind of sort of likes you. You have a God who takes great delight in you. Somebody once said that if God had a refrigerator, your picture would be on it. I always say, forget the picture, just make sure it's stocked with Dr. Pepper, and we're fine, right? But here is a God who loves you so much. And again, I know often we know this theologically, but in my car a few weeks ago, I so badly needed to feel this love. I need to experience this love. And so this season, I want you to remember that God loves you, not based on what he is or isn't doing in your life right now, but on his coming and on his death and on his resurrection. The verse goes on in Zephaniah 3. In his love, he will no longer rebuke you, but will rejoice over you with 
singing. God loves you so much, he sings over you. How many people do you sing over? Who do you sing over? Not many people, I would guess, right? I mean, usually you sing over people that you really, really love. I, I, I would sing over my kids when I put them to bed, you know, carry them around the house and sing to them, put them to sleep. If I tried that now, they'd be like, Dad, you're creeping me out. Let me go. But, but when they were real little, I could do that. Um, Kelly, my wife, I sung over her. I actually sang to her when I asked her to marry me. And so, yeah, that's okay. You can awe. I'm waiting for it. Okay, good. And so uh, we, our first kind of hangout date was at my house, and she had come over it, and my family was there, and we were playing that game Spoons. You know that game Spoons? And you, you get the right car, and then you grab a spoon, and the person didn't grab the spoon is out, you know? And so the first night we played it, and in my house we didn't just play Spoons. We played full contact Spoons, which means you actually hid the spoons in another room. So not just on the table. You actually would get the four of a kind or whatever. You go flying through the house. Kelly's like, check and my brother-in-law to the fridge, and I'm like, this is the one for me. And so we go, you know, and then, so fast forward now to the night of the engagement, and we had set it up where I attached the, the, the ring to Kelly's spoon, and so we were playing the game. She went in. She got it all oh, again. Great. And then, thank you, Lee. And uh, she got the ring, and then she came in, and I had gone into the other room and changed into a suit, one of the few times I've worn a suit in my life, and I know this isn't interesting here today. I don't even know what this is called, but, but, but here we are, and then I have her family hiding in the basement. Mom jumps on the piano. I have a friend named Jim comes out with a saxophone. I, I did it good, people. And, and I start singing to my wife to ask her to marry me. Now, how many times have I done that? Once. How many times will I do that? Once. And that's good for people, not just me. It's good for others. Not the best voice in the world. But, but once I sung over someone that I love. And God sings over you and me. He's not annoyed. He loves us. And he looks at us, and there are times he sees us on a path that's going to lead to brokenness, and he says, get off that path. And I love you so much. Even if I have to discipline you a little to get you back on the right path, I love you that much, I'll do it. But he is not a reluctant, annoyed Savior. He is a Savior that sings over us, that delights in us. And some of you guys might be saying, well, obviously, Doug, the people that Zephaniah is writing this little letter to here are really good people. These are people that had it all together, so of course he can delight in them, and of course he can sing over them. No, actually, if you read the beginning of Zephaniah 3 leading up to these verses, it talks all about how sinful the people are, and I quote some of these words. They didn't trust in God. They were treacherous. They were violent. They were rebellious, and they were oppressive to others. Then the rest of Zephaniah 3 goes on to say, but despite all that, God will love them and sing, in, sing over them, and delight in them, and remove their sin. And so, if you feel far from God today, or like he doesn't love you because you're disappointed with life's difficulties, or with God's seeming lack of response, or with yourself and your own shortcomings, I just want to remind you how loved you are by God. And in the moments when we feel really far from him, We have to come back to the truth and say, okay, wait, what did John say again? John said that if we need proof that God loves us, all we have to do is look at the fact that Jesus came to die that we might live through him. And so no matter what disappointment you might feel today or maybe you feel great, I don't know. Here's what I hope you'll remember. When the day comes and God feels really far away and you don't feel very loved, I hope you'll remember that Christmas proves how much God loves you. That's what this is all about. It's not just about presents. Presents are great. Enjoy them. It's not just about family and food. I'm getting ready to eat tonight and tomorrow. I am ready. 
But it is about the hope of mankind coming to rescue people like me who are really far from God and who need a Savior. That's what this is all about. And when God feels far, we keep looking back to Christmas. Wait, but he came. But he came. And that is the greatest proof to me of the love of God is that Jesus, yes, he came for me. No one else did that. But yes, then he lived a life I couldn't live and was perfect. I can't be perfect, but he was perfect for me. And then if that were enough, he suffered and he suffered and he suffered so much that they nicknamed him the suffering servant. And so he has suffered to degrees you and I will never suffer no matter how badly we've ever suffered. And so I can look to my Savior as I'm sitting in the car and I can say, God, I don't feel very loved by you right now. I don't feel very close to you right now. And Jesus can lovingly look back at me and say, yeah, you know what? I do love you. That's the truth. And I'm with you. But I understand that feeling to a degree that you don't, Doug, because there was a time I was on the cross and my Father forsook me so that you would never be forsaken. I'm with you. And I love you. Whether you feel that or not right now, that doesn't make it true or untrue. Jesus came. And Christmas proves that God loves you, delights in you, and sings over you. And yet life is still hard, right? And we still have good days and bad days, and we still have difficulties. And I know myself, and here's my, my temptation. My temptation is to, in those moments when I'm maybe not getting the response I, I feel I need, or, or God feels far, you begin to go, man, God, but, but why... Why won't you do this? What, do you still love me? If you won't do X, Y, or Z, then do you still love me? And it's always got to go back to, yes, I love you because of what I did on the cross. Like, that's it. I came and I died on the cross. And we, we've said this before. If that's all Jesus ever did for us, that would be enough to prove his love for us. Now, the great thing about God is that's not all he gives us. He still wants to heal and show up in our marriages and, and transform our hearts and provide. And he's going to do those things. But the greatest proof that we have is that he came. I want you to think for a second. Imagine that I was kidnapped, obviously because of my great wealth and popularity. Someone, you know, was going to blackmail somebody for my riches that I don't own. And so I'm, I'm kidnapped and I'm thrown in a van and the whole deal. I got the bag over the head. They throw me in some factory. I don't know where I am. And I'm in the factory and, and they're telling me, you know, we're going to do this to you. We're going to do that to you. And, and, and I realize, right, use your imaginations. I realize that one of the people who kidnapped me mistakenly left a cell phone behind. I grabbed the cell phone, and I have several cop friends. I could call my buddy Jamie. I call different people, but I call my friend Paul Jensen, and I call Paul Jensen because not only who he is, but who his son is. He has spent his life as uh, in the law enforcement, just awesome cop, detective, different things, but also his son is in the FBI. He's been a part of SWAT. He's been literally all over the world doing all kinds of crazy stuff. I always say, Steve, um, tell me what you're doing. He's like, I'd have to kill you. Literally would have to kill you. Don't tell me, Steve. Don't tell me what you do, right? But, but I would call Paul Jensen because of who he is and because of who his son is. And I would dial his number. And Paul, I, I don't know what happened. I've been kidnapped. And he, I don't know where I am. And that's okay. I'm going to use the cell phone to track you. And I'm going to send my best guy to come get you. And I would know exactly who he's talking about. He's talking about his son, Steve. And his son, Steve, is going to do his FBI thing, get his SWAT people together. And he's going to come through the door. And suddenly I hear shots go off and doors bust open and in comes SWAT. And Steve comes over, cuts me loose. And I go, I knew I could count on Paul. I knew Steve would come. And as we're leaving, suddenly I hear another gunshot. And I turn around. And someone who had kidnapped me had been missed, and he fired, and sure enough, Steve jumped in front of the bullet, 
taking that for me. And so here was Paul. Paul could have sent anybody he wanted to, right? He could have sent any of his police friends, any, could have called up anybody. But no, he sent his son. He sent his best man. And that's what God has done for you. And that's what God has done for me. He didn't send a representative, didn't just send some angel or some person. No, he sent his precious, perfect son to die in your place, to take the bullet for you. And here's what I need you to think about. I need you to think about the fact that let's say a year from now, I went to my friend Paul and I said, Paul, could you do this favor for me? And he said, no, I won't do that favor for you. I'm sorry, I can't. Can you imagine me in that moment doubting Paul's love for me when he had already given his son's life for me? It isn't that what we tend to do. In those moments, and I get it, I'm with you. In those moments when life is so difficult, when God doesn't seem to be responding like we want him to, or we're disappointed in ourselves, we go, God, what is going on here? And yes, God wants to come through and he wants to provide and he wants to heal and he wants to do those great things. But above it all, I think he says, but look back to my son. I gave you my best man. He took the bullet for you. You could never and should never doubt my love and delight in you. That's the story of Christmas. That's what this is all about. That's what Jesus came to do for you and for me. And so do you feel far from God today? We all go through it. Some of you feel really close. That's incredible. But today, I want you, whether you feel close or you feel far from God, I want you to be secure in his unconditional love. I want you, in the future, as you go through different things and ups and downs, to be able to say, okay, this is not what I expected, and this hurts a lot. But my Savior came for me, and that proves me proves to me that God loves me. And and not only did he come, but he suffered so terribly and he removed my sin and he paid my penalty. He atoned for my sin. Okay, I can have joy. I can have hope. I can have peace. Life is hard. Jesus gets it because he lived it. And he gave himself for me. And so maybe some of us need to today kind of resurrender our hearts to God. Just say, God, if I'm honest, I've had you at arm's length because it feels like you're far. It feels like you don't love me. Or I know myself so well and the mess that I am right now, you shouldn't love me. And so maybe today is the day we resurrender our hearts. Maybe today is the day we go, okay, God, I'm going to let you love me again. I'm going to let you take the light in me again. I'm going to let you sing over me. Like I said, my kids could push me away, right? I think we push God away sometimes. He's trying to sing over us. He's trying to show his love and his goodness to us, and we're pushing him away. Have you been pushing God away? Because it's time to be secure in him again. Because the truth that you and I get to celebrate around this time of year is that, that Christmas proves how much God loves you. And so will you re-surrender your heart today? If you're not a follower of Jesus, will you maybe for the first time surrender your heart to him today and ask him to be your savior and to not miss out on this amazing gift that Jesus is, that he would remove your sin and make you his own. There are lots of great times as a follower of Jesus where you feel so close to him and you feel so near to him. And those are incredible times. And that's available to every one of us. And and I think the tendency is that when we stop feeling that closeness, we almost stop the relationship and we get halted in our tracks. I think one of the reasons sometimes God lets us feel that is so we seek him out all the more. We pursue him a little bit deeper. I was walking around today in my hoodie 
You guys always see me in my hoodie, and I was thinking about it. I, I'm like, it's Christmas Eve. I got a tie on underneath. I'm still wearing my, my zip-up hoodie. And I'm sitting here with the team, and we're praying. I'm thinking, I should have been praying. I was thinking about this. And I said, why am I wearing this hoodie? And I'm like, because it's comfortable. It's just comfortable. I don't care if I'm going to a wedding and I got a suit on. The hoodie's going on over the suit until I have to take it off. You know what? I think some of us, if we're honest, we're just kind of comfortable where we are. And sometimes God sort of just gets a little quiet. He's still there. He gets a little quiet. So we realize, you know, I'm really kind of comfortable in this relationship with God. And this loving father we have says, seek me. I'm drawing you out a little bit more. I don't want you to be comfortable. I don't want you to stay right where you are. I want you to keep growing in me. And maybe that's what God's doing with some of our lives today. But no matter what we feel, no matter where we are, disappointment with God or disappointment with ourselves, we can know that Christmas proves how much God loves us. Let's pray together. God, I thank you so much for this time of year we get to celebrate such a beautiful thing. I thank you so much, God, that your grace is so huge and, and we come just so incredibly undeserving and yet we're so loved. And I thank you for this very simple yet deep truth that we are loved by God. And so God, I pray today that you'll help us as we walk through life, which is really hard sometimes. And as we have days where we feel so close to you and then some days where we feel so far, maybe because of our own doing sometimes, but maybe sometimes you're, you're causing us just to seek you out a little more or or you're saying no to something we really want because you love us so much, you know that thing would be like poison to us. God, whatever the case, I just pray for those of us in the room today that may feel really far from you. And I pray, God, that your Holy Spirit would just surround us today as we, as we come running back to you, as we maybe begin conversations we haven't had in a while, as we surrender our hearts to you again, God, as we submit to the process of becoming more and more like you, God, that, Lord, those feelings would return. The closeness would return. The, the emotion would return. But God, I thank you that even in those moments, you remind us that we're loved. Even if you never answered one prayer for the rest of our lives, you've already shown us how loved we are by you. Thank you, Jesus, for coming. Thank you for not being reluctant. Thank you for not being annoyed. Thank you for not being angry. Thank you for your love. Thank you that you laid down your life for us. If you're a Christian, do you need to resurrender your heart to him today? Do you maybe need to resurrender uh, a real difficult burden you're carrying to him? And maybe have an honest conversation. God, I don't know why you're still allowing this, but I know you love me. But God, I don't know why life has been so painful, but I know you love me and I know you entered into that pain so that I'd be convinced of your love. Maybe you're beating yourself up because you're so disappointed with your own performance lately and it's time to just come and and, and enjoy the grace of God in a fresh way. Almost let it just pour over you like a waterfall, pouring down, cleansing, refreshing you right where you are today. If you're not a follower of Jesus and you want to put your trust in him, I would encourage you to pray something like this just quietly. Jesus, thank you for coming for me. No one else did that but you. God, would you forgive me for my sin? God, would you show me how real you are? God, would you now take my life and fill it with all that you are, God? Show me what it means to follow you, to have a relationship with you. 
God, help me to know how loved I am. In your name I pray.